Welcome back to the Time for Heroes podcast. Right, on the podcast today, I've got Lewis from the Shambolics, a Scottish band from Fife. Um, so we're going to talk about the Shambolics career, which they've got a new album coming out February 2024. So we'll get a wee chat about that. But before that, I'd like to go back to the start and what, what life was like for you and the rest of the band growing up. Uh, that was I. To be fair, life is pretty, pretty good. Just a normal, um, working class sort of upbringing. I would say, like, uh, like me and Forbes, the other songwriter in the band, we kind of we met each other, like being we mischievous bastards, if I can say that. <laughs> uh, just drinking, drinking in the parks and stuff like that, and that's how we kind of like. That's how we met, became pals, and then a few years down the line, we kind of. Formed the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before that, obviously, the band formed twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so was there any previous bands before that, or was this just used? Uh, we, we were in a. I think Forbes. He used to do his own sort of like solo stuff up until that point. Um, and then I was in a few like kind of just like cover bands, sort of pub bands, mm-hmm. just chatty like pretty much. It was mere to just like build the confidence and stuff like that, you know. Uh, but I, and then about like 2017, 2018, I kind of said to him, I was like, right, you want to start a band? He was like, aye. And then I got a bit lazy. He was like, fuck this. He left and then came back again. And then it, it's been a, this, like this ever since, I. Yeah, well, I mean, as, like you mentioning lazy, I mean, mm. looking at your career for then, it's far yeah. from lazy. Yeah. Uh. Um, I had uh, Ryan for the K's on a couple of right. ago, and I thought they're like one of the busiest bands going. But looking mm-hmm. at everything you've done, especially since like after lockdown, mm-hmm. it's relentless. It's just been constant. Obviously, you released when she when she goes home the demo yeah. on Spotify, which were now over a million plays for mm-hmm. that. Um, I seen a wee video of, of Forbes. Breaking down the song, saying about Aye. the influences. Um, obviously, a nod to all the kind of Scottish bands, the Fratelli, mm-hmm. Sargent, and The View. Mm-hmm. So, were they kind of the bands that you were into back then? Oh. Were they the inspirations? Aye, definitely, definitely Sargent and The View. The View are still one of my favourite bands ever. Okay, I mean, they're like, that's, to be fair, a lot of the way like I write songs and that I try and kind of write, like, relating to like younger folk and that because that's what they've done um, Sergeant as well Sergeant when I first started playing guitar in fact I'm sure Sergeant were maybe my second gig that I ever went to the, uh, in Glen Office right. uh, in Fife but they were I they were Sergeant in the View and the Fratellis obviously just kind of like bands around that era kind of like the Arctic Monkeys and stuff kind of like that sort of in the era like 06 yeah. to like 08, 09 because like, that's when I started playing guitar so a lot of the bands uh, definitely big inspirations, I would say. It was a brilliant scene back then. There were so many bands to kind of mm-hmm. get into. There seemed to be a, a new album every week. What that's done. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw then after that, uh, Chasing Disaster came out. And mm. was it was it due to that song that Alan McGee get involved or was it was was he involved before that? Uh, I think I Alan was 
involved just before that, but I think that was the first song that he wanted to release. I'm sure it was anyway. Um, I that to be fair, I still enjoy. I love playing that song live. It always goes off. But we, I, it's kind of, and with that song, we were kind of trying to rip off the lies a wee bit. You can hear the lies like there she goes a wee bit, and everyone always says it. Uh, but I, um, I good song. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Again, there was a there was a video of Forbes, and obviously he mentioned the Lars in Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Fleetwood Mac that's that's one of Kyle Faulkner's kind of favorite mm-hmm. as well. So, yep. is that kind of see when he's together? Is that one they go to bands that he's he's play when he's a? Uh, there's loads of like there's loads of like bands we go to. It just depends. Like we are. Me and Forbes are kind of similar in a way. We go through, like, I can go through listening to the same band for about a month or two, just straight. And so then, like, it just depends what we're kind of into at the time. And then that's like, we'll be like, right, let's just uh, rip this song off a wee bit. And then, mm-hmm. no, no, rip it off completely, but let's take wee bits for this song and like try and make it kind of like a, a shambolics kind of tune. You know yeah. what I mean? But especially in the earlier days there was a lot of like kind of jingly jangly sort of sort of riffs that were quite fleetwood mac following year another couple of songs came out sandra speed and love collides i can mm. mind when when love collides came out and it sounded completely different for, for what you mm. had done before new listening to it, i mean you've moved on mm-hmm. further again but at that time it just sounded completely different um that year as well, you headlined St. Luke's three days before right. lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was it like playing there? I was there the other night seeing Andrew Cushion. It's, I, uh, I, think it's a bit, I think it might be better than the Barrowlands. You think? Well, I don't know. I've never I've never been to the Barrows yet because I made a promise to myself I'm not going until I play it. But uh, it is, uh, St. Luke's was a great venue. It was a shame because obviously the whole... There was maybe about 100, 150 people that never showed because at that time there was obviously talks about this, like you have to stay indoors and all that stuff and folk were getting really sick and things like that. So but it was still bouncing, but it was just a shame that there was maybe like 100 more people that maybe didn't make it to the gig. But it was mad to think that it was probably one of the last gigs to happen in Scotland before, uh, yeah. before lockdown. But no, it's a great venue. Uh, it's, it's a crack. I don't know what it is. I mean, I've been to see three or four this year there, and mm. it's always kind of. I don't know if it's just the setting it. It's really intimate, and I don't know all the, all the guys I've seen there have been really emotional. I've seen mm. Brown Bear, I've seen Andrew Cushing, I've seen Hamish Hawk. It's yeah. a different class, man. Uh, obviously, then we had lockdown, and a lot of the bands that I spoke to. Um, on the podcast, I've asked them about lockdown and and whether it, it helped or hindered them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would you say your kind of experience of lockdown was? To be fair, uh, I was a bit... Uh, I started off with the mindset of being like, right, this is only going to be two months, three months tops. So it was like, if I can come out with one or two decent songs, that'd be great. But then it kept getting obviously extended and extended. And then I just became a lazy bastard. When you're in the house all the time, I'd fucking, you know what I mean? Just lazy playing the Xbox and <laughs> things like that. 
because again, there was nothing else to do. There's only like as much as I love playing the guitar. There's only like a, like a certain amount of guitar you can play until you've just like fed up with it. Came what I mean? It was kind of like that. Obviously, I was still playing near enough every day, but it was just getting. Uh, I don't know. When you're not out and about, there's no you've not got anything to really write about it because you didn't care what's going on. You're just stuck in the house. So right, that's what it was like. So obviously, uh, after lockdown, he's moved into a studio in Glasgow. So whose mm-hmm. idea was that? Was that Forbes that was driving that? Ah, uh, that was that was Forbes. Uh, it was Forbes, Scott Scotty Paws, our keys player, and uh, Scott Thompson, another boy. Uh, it's like they had a studio. It was the same studio they had it from in Dunfermline, but decided to move it to Glasgow just because, like, the music scene and that is just a wee bit better through there. Mm-hmm. And there was obviously loads of venues and loads of bands on every night and stuff like that. It just kind of made sense. Eh? Yeah, because obviously the Snuts they did they did similar, didn't they? They've kind of um, relocated to Glasgow, and yeah, um, it does make sense, that, doesn't mm-hmm. it, to be right there in the heart of it. You get. You could also have, is Kieran Webster, is he down there in Glasgow as well? I'm, sh- I'm sure he is. I'm sure Fogg said that there. They actually, aye. He's a uh, West Endish way, I'm sure. Right. I think. So, I mean, for then, as I say, after lockdown, it just seems to be kind of non-stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, mere singles out, Dreams and Schemes and Young Teams, Sharp as a Razor, if you want it. You've done a wee Scottish tour and... Um, support with Shed 7 uh, oh, I forgot about that actually I saw we did <laughs> I I, so, I forgot. so how was it supporting them obviously you, you, like looking back you supported quite a few of the, the kind of Britpop era mm-hmm. people which I'd imagine they are kind of influences as well so how how is it kind of supporting somebody like that that you've looked up to uh, it's, to be fair, it's pretty mental because obviously, I, like when I was growing up, that's the bands I sort of listened to. You know what I mean? Like a, a lot of Britpop. Uh, my mum and dad obviously used to listen to it and that as well when they were like my age. So it was just kind of like fed to me pretty much. Uh, uh, it's mental. I think the biggest one was last year, two years ago, when we played with Richard Ashcroft. Yeah. And, uh, that was like your life. Like that's just mind blowing. Okay, you know I mean, I was gutted I never got to meet him. Uh, our bass player and uh, Forbes got to meet him, but I was like, oh, Ken, okay, I just wanted to speak to him for like two minutes to just kind of like see what he was like. But apparently, he was really sound, really sound guy. Aye. So, so it's always good hearing that. You know what I mean? Because some folk. What were you saying? Sorry. I'd love to have him on the podcast. I've had him. Um... Uh, I've had Damon Mangella, obviously he plays bass with yeah. Ashcroft now, yeah. I've had him on, but um, Ashcroft's really hard to get a hoodie, I know. Um, Katie Gleifer, she does PR for him as well, so I'm hoping that she kind of helps me out there. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, yeah. you meet these guys, man, it must be, I mean, he, he Richard Ashcroft's star quality, isn't he? So, yeah. Oh, he's a... It's brilliant, especially like even bands like Cast and that, like John Power, he was like obviously Cast were massive, but he was part of like my one of my favourite bands ever, the last. So it's like even just like for that it was just mental, you know what I mean? The following year, mere singles again, losing your mind like a breeze, um what goes on in your head. He's played SWG free as well. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that was a big gig for his um how was that? Did it feel like a step up then for St. Luke's? Aye, it was definitely 
it was definitely a step up. Uh, but on the night, we played good as well, for what I can remember. I'm sure uh, we played pretty well in that. But I know it definitely felt like a step up. Uh, I think this, as we've just went on, I think the songs are just getting a lot better. Like the writing's getting a lot better. And uh, aye. There's so many hooks in the songs, so many kind of lines that, that kind of stick with you. Mm. It's kind of, it, it makes these songs into anthems. That year as well, you signed to Scruff of the Net Records. Mm -hmm. And then for there, obviously, the singles have ramped up again to mm -hmm. the, the point where the album's coming out. As well as that, you, you went to La Sierra, the song with yeah. yeah, yeah. Kyle. Um, how was it going there? And I mean, like looking at the videos, you see all the videos, all the people ah. here, there are all absolute star, Billy Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Dove's been there. There, yeah. So, what's it like then going out there and writing in that environment? Uh, it was good. It was good to like just go out there for like five, five, six days. There was no like never on your phone. Like I just left my phone and like in the wee villa, and me and Forbes would just like go away, just like and the and the sun just fucking rain tunes. It's it, it was just classy. Um, we had never really written with other people in that before either. So it was like it was good to kinda of do that. Um but no, the whole the whole experience was like class. Everyone that was there was just brand new, like just it was just a class uh thing. And what what was um what was Fort Kiernan doing out there? What what's he doing catching up? I, I I seen that. We were the, uh, that was a few months ago. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think he's good pals with Kyle or something, eh? <laughs> but uh, I know it was pretty mental. Our, um, our, the boy that runs our label, Mark, he just so happened to be like he was over there as well at the same time when Ford was out there. And obviously <laughs> that was when the album got like we said that the album was coming out, so he got four to do a wee video and that for us, which is pretty cool because obviously we're all like massive still game fans and that. Eh? So aye. it was, uh, it's pretty mental. I, I, he's cracking for Kiernan, man. It's, yeah. it's, it must be like see if you're there doing your songwriting, you get him cracking about cracking jokes. Yeah. And that. It must be uh, ease. Uh, as well as that, um, he did uh, a gig for Kirkcaldy Food Bank as well. <laughs> Uh, um, obviously coming for five that's obviously something that's close to your heart how does it how does it feel doing something like that and giving back to your community and as well do you think fucking bands should need to do that you know what I mean it's surely something nah, that the government should be uh, I mean you shouldn't need to do that Come on, I mean we shouldn't have been needing to put on gigs and like put on events and stuff to like raise money for food banks and that but just right now it's just the fucking way it is and it's just I don't know like getting too political because then I came a lot of fucking politics so I try and not speak about things I then I came too much of it but as just the new the UK itself Scotland and all it's just fucking it's just in a mess come on I mean mm -hmm. um, but no you should it's just you shouldn't need to do it the gig was obviously class and I fucking sold out and we raised like lots of money and that but like you say you shouldn't need to be doing things like that the government should be yeah. right on that, Ken. You played Transmat as well that year. How many times you played Transmat? Twice, is it? No, just the once. Is just just the once. Uh, so just how, the once. how was it playing Transmat? And uh, would that be 
the plans then for next year to try and get back on the festival? Aye, definitely. I think transmit was it was good. I thought we played well. Um, the only downfall was I, we were one of the first bands on, so the crowd wasn't obviously, and and it was at the time when they were like testing, still testing people for like COVID and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. obviously there was a, a long wait, obviously to get in. Um, but no, I thought it was good. I think we're going to try and push to get it next year, which would be class. Hopefully, a wee bit of a better time. Um, but no, I, it was really good. We always said when we were younger, we wanted to play team in the park, but obviously that can't happen now. So, yeah. transmits the, the the next best thing. Eh? It would be brilliant to have team in the park. But I mean, that oh, would... tell me about it. Tell I me about it. That, I mean, that math will kind of teens into my twenties, man. I, I can't remember a lot of it through <laughs> the park. A lot of the time you didn't even get out the campsite. No, no, no. No, did you not? <laughs> um, so, I so this year again, ramped up again. Obviously, you played well towards the end of 2022. I've seen you supporting the view, uh, the Christmas gigs. Um, you're supporting the view again this year. You just came off the back of a support with Little Man Tate. Um Plenty of festivals, a uh, couple of EPs out as well. So all this um, leading up to the new album coming out next year, obviously this your last single attention uh, features Kyle Faulkner. Mm-hmm. So was that, did that come off the, the songwriting camp? Or was Aye. that came Aye, that, No, that, uh, I had that song, well I had that for like the lyrics for a while, I just couldn't get like the right chords and stuff that, and I, like I had like the first verse, and I brought it to like Forbes at the uh, at the camp, and then we wrote like the next verse and the pre-chorus and stuff. But we couldn't get a chorus at all. We were struggling to get a chorus, and then Kyle came along with his like just melodic ways. Ended up just like putting in the me- like the melody for the chorus, and then we got words to it, and it just all just felt right. You know what I mean? I knew it was a good tune as soon as like we 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 had written it as soon as it was finished. It wasn't one of the ones when you're like sitting, you're like, oh, is it good enough? Is it no? I just kind of knew it was it was a good tune. Not a ball my trumpet or fuck all. I just <laughs> <laughs> no, feel free, mate. You you deserve all the credits <laughs> that's coming your way, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so obviously the album comes out February. Mm-hmm. Um we've heard if we're looking at the track listing, there's five songs that we've heard so far that are, that are on the album. So what can we expect for the other songs that we, we haven't heard? It's play. to be fair, it's a good mix. The album's a good mix. There's some like fast songs, there's a few slow ones. So there's sort of like a ballad one. Okay, and it's just like, it's a good mix. It's no like we are trying to sound like this. We're just trying to like, I, when we write songs, we don't care what it sounds like as long as it's a good song. You know what I mean? We don't try and go like one way, you know, like sound like a certain band or whatever. We're just like, right, that's a good song. Well, that that can what stick on the album pretty much. But the album is like, to be fair, we wrote half of it when we were in the studio because we went in with these tunes, but then we were like, now nah, these songs aren't good enough. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a case of being in the studio for eight, nine hours a day and then me and Forbes at the time we stayed together. So then we'd go back and then stay up till like 12, one o'clock to try and write new songs. It was like that for two or three weeks. So it was a, it was a stressful time because obviously you've got a, a label expecting 
you to produce the goods. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, if if we weren't going to produce the goods, there's a good chance that we're getting dropped, especially when they're putting money into it. So yeah, but it's worked out. I think I think it's worked out in the end. They said the label's really happy with the album and stuff, so it's mm-hmm. good. Some there's some big songs, obviously some of your earlier songs that mm. aren't on the album. Is is a is there reasons behind that? Is it just are you no able to? Are they wouldn't be somebody else or whatever? No, I just I just think we like we're one of these bands. We get like we get sick of songs fast. It was like mm-hmm. when we brought out the when we brought out the EP, um, like it was good, and then we were just kind of like, right, that's done. Let's move on to the album. Like we just like, you know what I mean? We try no dwell on things for too long. We just, but eh, uh, there's a lot of like just newer songs. I, 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 to be fair, the songwriting's a lot better than that as well. I think with these right. songs, I think it's a bit more like, I don't know, clever. I think it relates to folk more. Sorry, I just realised my camera was even on me there. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Um. I think it's good as well to kind of leave the songs off. Like obviously, like you touched on the snuts earlier. Like the snuts, I've got. There's my favourite snuts songs probably proper, which mm-hmm. all you get's a demo. You can't get that in. I don't. I can't even think of them playing it live. Mm. But that's without a shadow of a doubt my favourite snuts song. Yeah. Obviously. Andrew Cushion, there was a lot of songs that he had to leave off the album. I think mm-hmm. that was kind of due to other record labels owning the song. Or whatever. So that's why I was asking. Yeah. But I so as I say, the album's out 16th of February next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll post a wee link for everybody so they can they can click on and and go and pre-order it. Um, but I it'll be. Perfect. I take it there's going to be a, a tour. Um, ah, there'll be a tour at the back yet. Um, there's going to. I think there's going to be a few like sort of in-store gigs and that as well, kind of like acoustic gigs, just to promote as much as possible. But aye, there'll be a tour at the back. Yet. I can't remember. I'm sure it's in like it's written down somewhere. But I'm just terrible with dates and stuff. Eh? Yeah, uh, I can't, aye. I can't imagine it'll be far off getting announced or whatever. No, no, aye, it'll, then, it'll be far. And then you get the tour, and then that's you into festival season after that mm-hmm. so it's it's looking like another busy year for busy. Aye, definitely maybe one year you'll get a wee rest or something I, I don't uh, know what Forbes is talking about you've been lazy because I don't think yeah. no he never lazy. he never said well, I was lazy I was just I knew myself I was being lazy is I was it, like that was that was, but, aye, that was that was back in the day when I was just like I would rather Go out drinking, then write songs, and had <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was, I was <laughs> quite young, so like I never understood how good it actually could have been, sort of thing. Uh, but I no, it is. It's going to be a busy year next year. I'm obviously buzzing for it. No buzzing to try and get the time off of work and that, and see what they're saying there. But <laughs> worst comes to worst, I'm just going to, to you know, we we'll see what happens. I so I so. As I say, I'm looking forward to it. I, I can't imagine what, what you're feeling like. But mm-hmm. I, as I say, I'll post all the links for that. But the end of the podcast, I just asked my guest to, obviously it's good time for heroes. So I asked my guest to put four heroes to come for dinner. Um, why they're your heroes, they can come for whatever walk of life you want. It can be musicians, mm-hmm. family, whatever. Um why they're your heroes and 
what you would cook them unless you can't cook. Yeah, I can't. I can cook the certain things. I can. We can pretend that I can cook. Right. So, who? Are, let's see. I'll go with Liam Gallagher first, mm-hmm. just because he's just an absolute legend and like. Again, Oasis were obviously like just my like my favourite band ever. Them and the view, funny enough. It's like that's weird, but I eh, and I'd, what would I make them? Make them something mince and tatties or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can make them, um I'll go with I'll do musicians because I don't think I've really got much heroes outside of, outside of music. Like I'll go with John Squire. The Stone Roses, because he's one of my favourite guitarists. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, again, the Stone Roses are just fucking total influential band. And it just totally like, changed the 90s. Like, when they came out, it was just a big, a breath of fresh air, as, as that's what folks say. Uh, but I'd thought with meet him. I became what? I make a good Cajun chicken pasta. That's something I learned. I can that sounds total fancy and that, but it's not that fancy. No, it's not. Uh, it's I, not. I, I'm having for dinner tonight. That's what I'm uh, making. Is that what you're in? Oh, uh, I. Uh, you probably make it better than me, like, but. Who else will I say? I'll say Lee Mavers for the Laz, mm-hmm. just because he's. I, I just like to hear him around at my house and just because he's mental. He seems like an absolute fried genius. I'd love to just like pick his brains about things and I'd make. To be fair, I don't think he'd care about tea, but I'd, I'd just order something in. I'd order a kebab in for him or something. <laughs> I don't know. Get something in. And uh, the last one I'll go with. Um, who would I go with? Let's see. Uh, you know what? I'll go with Noel Gallagher or not. Oh. Because I was saying no. I kind of said Liam, but I was saying no or not because as like these songs are just obviously unbelievable. Um and back to the Oasis thing, they're just one of my favourite bands. And as a songwriter, that's just like, he's one of the best for me. So um, I was saying no, and I'd probably make him something shite because he's probably that used to eating good. So I'd make him something absolute brutal, like a stew or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I've done, I don't know, maybe 60, 70 episodes of this. Um, yeah. no, nobody has ever picked uh, both Gallagher's and uh, the ones, so that, that's a first. I uh, mean, they're both two different folk, you know what I mean? I don't think it would have worked if they can, if they both weren't in that band. I can everyone says that, but mm-hmm. they're both, as a songwriter, that's where I picked Noel because he's one of the best songwriters like ever, in my opinion, and Liam, because he's just a man, man of the people. So. What do you think? Uh, do you think they'll ever come back? I think... I think they will. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think, I think they will. And I'll be the first one to get a ticket and I'll pay ridiculous money for that ticket if I, if I had to, if I couldn't get one, because they are, the apart from the Beatles, the best band ever, mm. in it's, my opinion. I think, I think they will come back as well, but I think we're maybe talking still 10, 15 years away. I think they're going to be think? in Rolling Stones or something. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know though. They're getting they're getting a bit older now, eh? so Ken Noel will be about sixty five by that point. I'm sure because Noel's about mid fifties. I'm sure. Yeah. So I, I the next I the next five years it'll happen. Like maybe even sooner. It just all it takes is Glastonbury to offer the the right the right taste in it, and then then you you get a Glastonbury and you you do like a big tour. Now you mm. only need to do like four or five places in in Britain really. Yeah, totally. Again, it's all be by massive network gigs and things like oh, that. Oh, it'll be mental. It will happen. And then I'll be trying, I'll be pushing our manager, Jamie, to get our support slots. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, like, it's the same with Stone Roses. Like, I never thought I'd ever see Stone Roses. And then to mm. see them three times, I've seen them at Heaton Park. Aye. Uh, Green and then Hamden. And uh, nobody thought that would ever happen. So. No. No, I was the same, man. I, I never thought I'd see them either. And then uh, I had seen them, when was it? Did they tee in the park first and then Glasgow Green? And then they done tee in the park again? Because I'm sure they done tee twice. Yeah. And I might be wrong. But I, I remember seeing them at Glasgow Green and I was about 18 at the time. And they were uh, unbelievable. They were just so good. Um, and then I went down to Manchester, obviously, to see them at the Etihad. It was Etihad, eh? Yeah. And it was... And then I seen them at Hamden as well. So like the band, I never thought I'd see seen them five times or something, which was mental. Yeah, I, I amazing man. And that, I mean, I seen them heating parts. So that was like the first big one back, mm. and it was it's still the best gig I've ever been to. Like, see, mm. even though musically, just for being there at an event like that, and like. Looking at everything, there was not, there wasn't any bother, there was no trouble. Everybody was just mm-hmm. so happy to be yeah. a gig. Yeah. Amazing man. I mean, they're one of the best. Eh? They are one of the best. Like I say, like they told when they came. Obviously, I wasn't alive at the time, but when they came out in the nineties, it just seemed like a breath of fresh air. It was just working class boys, just making good music. Yeah, and that's just a thing though as well, because like looking at the music scene now, um, there there was. Maybe a period of like ten years where kind of all the guitar bands died away, and we never thought we'd get it back. Obviously, like you touching on that scene for two thousand six to two thousand and eight, or bands everywhere, record deals were flying about. But it's getting back to that now. Aye, no, a good uh, scene, obviously, like the Scottish bands, and you look down in Manchester, or like that surrounding area, there's Hunters. So it is coming back. He's just starting to get the same fucking record deals as they used uh, to get. But nah, no, the same, same record deal, same money. But it all does it all does like full circle, eh? Like right. as every 10, 15 years it will happen. Like see all like massive, even like kind of like Sam Fender and that is in a kind. It's just it's that's got like class for guitar music that somebody like that's just like doing so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's like. I just got into him in the last maybe six, seven months, man. He's like mm. the reincarnation of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, like, is he? Ah, he yeah. is like mental. Aye, so aye. Anyway, th- thanks for giving me your time today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. I've been on my list for for months and months trying to get a hold of you. So aye, it's really, really nice to speak to you. As I say, every day, buy the album, go and pre order the album, I'll post the links. New Snuts album, uh, new. Shambolic <laughs> uh, Dream Schemes and Young Teams out 16th of February. That's brilliant. Honestly, cheers. Thank you very much for having me, mate. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. It's been class.
I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at Time for Heroes pod at gmail.com You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can, share with others and more importantly, enjoy. Enjoy.